Are we on the Hello? Air? We're on air. It just automatically goes on air. Oh, my Lord. I'm so I nervous. Know. Are you so nervous? Uh, shut up. I'm so nervous. I, shut up, Jordan. I really do. I forgot my line. I forgot my line. What do I say? I hate you already. What do Hold I do on. with my Got hands? It. You can't even. What do I do? I just like keep my hands by my side. What do I do? Jordan. Okay, you're you're helping me. You're doing this to help me, right? I don't you're, know if I love I you or hate you. Okay. It's obviously so way more of a plumber. Huh? Yes. Yes. Okay. Uh, thank you. First of all, um, I really, really appreciate you doing this call with me. I'm gonna I'm gonna work through my nerves. I don't know what it is. Anytime I do anything that's more formal, I panic and I don't do well. So I'll get in my groove because it really is all about me. I just called you so I could talk the whole time. Wait, why is this? This isn't formal. Can we swear? Can I swear? Yes. I mean, I don't even really know what I'm. I don't know if I'm on, but I don't know what the rules are. But yes, it's my show. So yes, of course. Swear away. Okay, so um, let's have have a, uh, a short, but, well, short but descriptive um, elevator pitch on who you are for those who don't know I mean really well okay so I'm not gonna give an I'm not gonna pitch anything I'll just say my name is Jordan and I am a personal trainer and a strength coach and nutrition coach I currently live in I'm based out of New York City um, I got started with all this and I was like 14 years old actually I started wrestling when I was eight and I did really well and then from there I made varsity as a freshman in high school and varsity just became like wrestling was my entire life so I had to cut a lot of weight when I made varsity and I was cutting from 112 to 103 pounds every week and so basically I had to figure out how to sort of maintain how to lose a lot of weight while gaining strength and maintaining a high level of performance and so I started looking up a lot of nutrition and strength training stuff. And I was fortunate because I found a, I, I, there was a really science-based gym a couple towns over from me. And I applied to like intern at 14. I was like, I'll scrub your floors. I'll take out the trash. Wow. Just let me come and just let me like come and learn from you. And fortunately they said yes. And very quickly I started working for them after a little while of interning under them. And I, I sort of like skipped over a lot of like the, misinformation in the industry i never spent too much time with uh the bro science or the pseudoscience yeah. stuff i was sort of like thrust into a very science-based world and so i did that and i loved it and coaching was everything to me and like i knew i wanted to coach forever so like that's what i did and then um i took a year off between high school and college and traveled for a year then i came back and i hated school with a passion it was the worst thing ever so i started a, an <laughs> online blog just writing about my strength training and nutrition I, I was competing in powerlifting at that time and fortunately did very well with that and I started my blog just to write about my training and, and nutrition and not re- I didn't expect it to be a business I literally just started writing to to educate people and help people and sort of sort of like an outlet for me to talk about what I was doing and then um over time in school people started contacting me from my website being like can you work with me can you coach me and I did it for free at first and then all of a sudden I was like I have to charge people there's just too many and um and then that's that and I graduated college and I okay 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 you're giving it all away we're in the elevator oh 
the elevator has Sorry. it's over. I'm not a salesman. No, I was just tossing. <laughs> no, I'm just teasing. I'm just teasing. But that's perfect. But I already have a million questions. So I think this is going to continue to lead. Okay, so my first question, well, the, the first thing that popped into my mind when you're telling me all this that stuck out to me is that you went to um, the, the gym or the training place and you offered like to work there so that you could get experience and knowledge. That's not a normal thing for a 14-year-old kid to do. So my next question is what do your parents do and are your parents from America? Yes, they are from America. Um, okay. I have a, I have a yeah. valid reason for asking that. Yes, you do. Yes, you do. Um, my parents are from America, and my mom is a lawyer, so she is a, a lawyer for Bank of America. And my father, for a long time, he doesn't, he doesn't work anymore, but for a long time, he... Uh, he owned like he was actually he was on the radio. That was like his big thing. He was on the radio for a long time, and then he he did a lot of like nightclubs and singles dances and parties. That's amazing. Well, that explains where. Do you think that's where your work ethic came from? Is that how you were raised? Like, just to go out and do things. It was definitely like a hundred percent from like my mom for sure. Like she. Uh, she was never okay. I wouldn't say never. Like she definitely, like, we play. I played plenty. I was an idiot of a kid, but she was never okay with us like not doing something. Like she was not the one where she was like, okay, just like go watch TV or like whatever. She was like, okay, like what's next? Like what are your goals? What do you want to do? Like whether it's like um, whether it was wrestling or whether it was we, she was like we were in, in Boy Scouts for a long time growing up. And that was honestly, I think, a really important thing just because the cool thing about Boy Scouts is as like, as like nerdy as I thought it was and everything, it's like yeah. they really like encourage you to keep doing better and keep working harder to reach the next level, to keep like progressing. And it's not easy stuff. It's like actually very yeah. challenging. And um, I think that was really cool. And so between that and then wrestling and my mom sort of just like constantly pushing us, that's definitely how I was raised. That's, you were really lucky, blessed to be raised that way. That's Insanely lucky to be that. Like, just beyond fortunate. So, do you know why I asked you if your parents were from America? Not I'm, other than Yeah, you because I visited my family in Israel, and you saw it on, uh, no. on Instagram. Well, yes and no. I did see that, but I... I feel like people at, at a young age, if you already have those tendencies, you either have parents who are really entrepreneurial or business-minded or um, immigrants, honestly. Uh, so I'm honestly, just wondering I, if... Yeah, I, I agree that like immigrants, j- j- by and large, work harder than anybody else. So I 100% mm-hmm. agree with that. Okay, how old are you? Wow, that is a very personal question. I'm kidding. I'm 26 years old. <laughs> like, oh god. <laughs> okay, come on. I said I'm 26. Oh, it, the phone cut out. Okay, you're young. Likely young. Okay. story. 
this, listen, this uh, technology has some catching up to do, but I can't complain too much. Um, okay, so growing up, I'm looking at my notes here. I was getting my hair done and putting all my questions together. Okay, so you're 26. Are you married? Are you single? Are you gay? Are you straight? I am single currently, and I am very straight. But I, and, I like, and I say very straight. I, like, have no problem with gay people. I have plenty of gay friends and family members. Like, I'm just saying I'm very straight. <laughs> okay, okay. And any any children? Uh, you know thank God, no, that I know of. Thank God. Nope. <laughs> okay. Excellent. Man. Okay. So you have to, you have to answer this. Marry, hook up with, or unfollow these people. <laughs> Marry, okay, hook so up, we, or unfollow? Yes. We have a diehard CrossFitter an organic vegan, and I don't know any more obnoxious way to say that, um, or a personal <laughs> trainer. Okay, marry, hook up, or follow. Um, I would Unfold. say, I would say, marry the personal trainer. Um, oh. Hook up, I would hook up with the crossfitter, and I would unfollow the vegan. Okay. Any any do you want to back that up with any reasoning for all the vegans you've offended? Um, sure. I'll start by saying I have many friends and colleagues who are vegans and I don't have anything against veganism whatsoever. Uh what or I gay will people. say or gay people. I love yeah, or right. gay people. Anybody. <laughs> or anybody. Um as you, and the reason I know you're asking this because a lot of I get some flack on some of my Instagram posts. But um, so for like recently, I put up an Instagram post that was basically saying all about how uh, dogmatism in nutrition in the fitness industry is just at an outrageous point, and like it doesn't matter what anyone does, just like let people do what they're gonna do, and it doesn't matter what you do, you don't have to force it on them, like. Let someone else do what works for them, and it's fine. And I spoke about everything I spoke about. The low-carb dogmatics I spoke about, like the, the paleo dogmatics, I spoke about the, even like the, the flexible dieting people who I consider myself, like stop like pushing everything else on everyone, just let them do theirs. And included in that was the vegans. And even though I mm-hmm. included them just like I included everybody else, they lost their shit. And they like went just in the comment section and they were like, they were like, they were like the big the way they attacked it was veganism isn't a diet it's a way of life and I was like oh. and then like then they used that as their platform to go with and by the way why wouldn't you like want to like live longer and healthier and clearly vegans oh, live longer and don't get sick and I was like no other grouping in there came out and attacked me that way but. And any time I post anything where veganism is mentioned, I never, like, solely mention veganism. I always do it along with yeah. also mentioning everything. Any time I do that, they always are the only ones to come out and really, like, get, get angry. So I okay, prefer just okay, not, so to, is, not to do that. This is a perfect question then for that. So how do your other followers react? Like, do you respond to that? Do your followers respond to that? What happens in the in the feed? Um, I mean, both. 
It's um, it's very interesting. I, I, a lot of my audience is people with the same beliefs as me, which makes sense. Like you follow and you, you interact with people who you drive with. Like I'm not going to follow a racist. Um, but like the, so a lot of my audience will come in and they'll like, be like, all right, like you're literally exemplifying the person that he's talking about in this post. But then also one thing I've found, especially with social media, is it's not enough just to post. You have to also interact if you really want to make a difference and, like, talk with the people yeah. who are interacting. And, and because what I realize is your audience is also looking through the comment section, and if they see you interacting, whether it's, like, right. for a positive comment, like you say thank you, or whether it's, like, to talk with someone who's disagreeing with you, or even to see how you respond to people who treat you, like, awfully it's really important and uh yeah i think like to because you put essentially when you post something online you're putting up your position stance then someone will argue might argue and give theirs and then it's important like to see the reasoning why maybe their point isn't valid or where they might have been mistaken or even like where you can say wow i didn't think of it like that i appreciate you bringing that point up so they it's good so that they can yeah. see everything that's going on yeah i'm I'm with you. There's, yeah, multiple reasons to interact. Um, okay. Sorry. I'm getting nervous again. I'm getting nervous. Um, what is your most annoying habit? Um, my most annoying habit is, that's a really good question. I have a lot of annoying habits. I would say my most <laughs> annoying habit is, um, when it comes to going out to eat, I am incredibly indecisive, and I don't care really. Like I just have no like, like calling the, least... like calling the waiter back over, making up your mind, then calling the waiter back over, or do you just take a long time to order, or what? Oh no! Like when some when your friends are like, "Hey, where should we go to eat?" I am like, I will oh. always say you choose. I will never ever ever because like I just don't care. Um, and yeah, I don't think that's an annoying habit. Actually, I think that's very decisive. I do the exact same thing. I don't care where we eat. People know not to ask me. Just whatever. I'm down for anything. I don't want to be a part of the decision making. My I think friends that's a hate good it. Habit, actually, my friends oh, hate it, and it's that they're like, "Why you never?" It's like because they, I don't know. It's doing that. So some people say it's annoying, but then I'm glad that we're on the same page. But what's going to be difficult is if I ever meet you in person, we go out to eat. That's going to be a challenge. Yes. Yes, it will be. We'll both just sit and stare at each other and not eat. I We're just, just not going to eat. I can, make, I can make very, very big decisions that I should take time to think on. I can make them immediately. But if, if I have to choose between using a fork or a spoon to eat my meal with, forget it. Forget it. It's I agree. It's going to take forever for me to decide. I don't what like is your favorite food? Um, gosh, you know, I, I would probably say goldfish, but that might be goldfish. I did. I did say that. I like goldfish and I like, you like gold. Oh my God. I thought you meant like your child's goldfish. I didn't realize (laughs) you meant like a snack. No, the crackers. crackers. (laughs) No, I'm talking about, I'm talking about the cracker. 
I legit, yeah, because, like, I sort of thought you were trying to be funny, but then I, you were, like, serious. I was like, oh, my God, she actually goes to the pet store and eats goldfish. goldfish. Yeah, in Texas, we eat goldfish. Yeah, no. No, no, no. Uh, that's the first thing that comes to my mind. But I, I've, I've been off goldfish for a couple days now. So I've started, um, I adjusted <laughs> my, I really, I, I really do have a problem. But not anymore. I, I that's like that something like, I, yeah, I've been off drugs for about two days now. <laughs> well, yes, I stopped drinking. Well, I took a week where I'm like, okay, I'm not going to drink wine and I'm not going to eat goldfish. The first day I accidentally shoved a handful of goldfish in my mouth and then it just went downhill from there. So I'm like, how okay, was well, that an accident? Was it just wine. like out of habit? You know, I was, I had gathered up some of one of my girls goldfish and I just shoved it in my mouth and I'm like, damn it. There it goes. And so, did you and finish doing it and eat it? Oh, I did. Oh, I committed. I totally did. And then I probably ate a package of goldfish later that night just to top it off. <laughs> You're like, well, I already did it today, so it'll start tomorrow. <laughs> I actually think that I eat goldfish out. I, I use it. Um, it's a stress thing. I think that's one of my escapes is eating goldfish. If I've had a really bad day, goldfish. I want a glass of wine, and I want goldfish. Yes, for real. Yeah. That's interesting. So that's a real, real Boring answer, but uh, probably goldfish. Probably goldfish. Okay. Okay, um, okay so what – so we, we haven't kind of um, gotten to, to the point how we are connected, so I'll kind of connect the dots there. So we are connected through, kind of, Gary Vaynerchuk. Uh, no, we're connected to Mike Vacanti, who you're – connected it's all mike okay so um i started i was gonna say like that was mike. not the answer i expected when you said yeah no <laughs> i was trying to work backwards i'm nervous jordan jordan just be nice to me okay um so we i are started actually working connected with... through barack obama and what's interesting <laughs> probably, probably. <laughs> six degrees whatever um so i have been working with mike vacanti after i had my first daughter tori um, I had gotten in shape before I had gotten pregnant for the first time in my life. I had never worked out, never gotten in shape. And um, so I had done a pretty good job getting in shape. I was doing great. And then I just blew it out with my first pregnancy and gained 43 pounds. And about seven months after I had her, I was at a standstill and couldn't figure it out on my own anymore. And I wasn't working with the trainer that I was working with before. So um, I was Googling, of course, probably through social media, I saw something about IIFYM and they can eat Pop-Tarts and they have muscles. And I'm like, I think I could live that life. So I Googled it <laughs> and I ran across one of Mike's um, articles, like blog posts that he had written. And I absolutely fell in love with the way he wrote. Like I just felt so connected. He's witty and smart and gives great information. He entertains really, really well and gives a lot of information. So then I looked him up on Instagram and somewhere on something that I saw, he seemed very interactive. And I don't know if I saw something like private message me if you have any questions. And so I'm like, well, what the hell? I don't know. So I, I don't even know what I asked him, but we started talking and I think he's, um, I, I probably had a decent Instagram following at that point, but um, he saw I guess he stalked back down and saw that at one time I was really fit and decided that it would be great for us to work together. And I 
fully agreed. And so we kind of started this project. And now Mike and I are, he's stuck with me for life. Um, But, okay, so anyway, so Mike, at the time that I joined with him, was working with Gary Vaynerchuk as his um, coach. And he traveled with him. And did Mike cook for him? No, no, he didn't cook for him. Okay, just counted his macros, traveled with him, trained him. Um, and then whenever Mike moved on, Jordan filled in that place for Gary. And so now Jordan is Gary's um, trainer. I don't, even, I don't even like to use the word trainer, coach. You can use the word trainer. I don't care. Yeah, it's coach, trainer, okay. his okay. fitness person. That. And so whenever Mike told me, I was very interested in the process and who this was going to be because I think Mike is such a special person in general, like his personality and who he is. I'm wondering who's, who's going to replace that in Gary's life because obviously I think Gary has good taste and wants the right people around him. So um, I was very, very pleasantly surprised with you, Jordan. I really like you. Were, were you, you skeptical at first? You were like, I don't like this guy at first, just because you were like, no, the mic. You're like, no. I don't know about this guy. No, I, I liked you immediately because I think you're so warm and genuinely kind without expecting anything in return. I feel like you um, run off of bringing other people value, which I think is exactly how Mike is. And I think that's really hard to find people that truly just like to bring other people value. It's such a, such a generic Gary Vaynerchuk way of saying it, bring value, but that's all I can say. So it's no, I thought you were very warm. You have such a warm smile. You're so friendly and yeah. And then the stuff that you started posting, it's so valuable. It's so to the point. Um, And it's interesting because with your Instagram it's not a whole lot of you, not on, not on the actual pictures, but you still manage to let people feel like they know you. And that's something you and Mike both do because you make it all about other people, yet I guarantee you everybody feels like they know you, Jordan. They feel like they know you. And I think that's something really special, but that's because how you make other people feel, you know? Well, thank you. That's like an outrageously kind compliment and uh that means a lot that means a lot a lot a lot to me and like i know you know you put out a lot of content and it takes a ton of time and effort and as i think a lot of people read it and it sort of just like comes it might look like it doesn't take a lot of time but i really do care about about the presentation and how it sounds and how it feels and so i really appreciate you saying that because that that means a lot yeah you're I love your style, the way you do things, and I've learned so much from you. So, like I, I've told you, and you agree, it's not the point of what you do, but what you do is, you know, your your posts are not visually appealing, but your, but it gets the information across. It's simple, it's clean, and I learn. And then your writing, it's kind of like, like, that's the bonus to it. That's where people feel like they. They feel your personality. They feel you through that. So it's really, that, it's good. That's what's uh, really interesting about, like, the infographic craze. So, like, I started doing the graphics, and it, it sort of blew up, and so so many people do them now. And um, 
what I always, a lot of people are asking me for advice on how to do them. And I honestly think that when the, well, the graphics important, I think that a good graphic without, without a really incredible caption is going to be a waste of time because the captions and where people like read and they go more in depth and like where they get to know you more is that's like, that's where the connection is made. That's and that's the where they, that's really where it is, is the writing portion of yeah. it. Yeah. And do you feel like a lot of people overlook that part? Because if, if you're trying to cheat your way to the top or take a shortcut and kind of look at what's happening and imitate it, do you feel like a lot of people do that without the meat? A hundred percent. Because what's going on is, like, I had no, if you go through my Instagram and, like, really dig down, you'll see that I went through a number of phases before I found the infographic and, like, before I tried it. Um, and I tried this and I tried that, like really trying to get my point across. And what's funny is everything that I've done an infographic on, I've done, I've said before in a different way, whether it's on my website or on mm -hmm. a YouTube video or down my Instagram in a different way. The infographic was just a way to get people's attention. That's really all it was. Yeah. Um, yeah. A way that stood out that was able to get the point across very quickly and very, uh, in a way that grabbed their eyes so then they would have a reason to, to read, to see more. So, that happened. I did it. It blew up very quickly, much more than I ever expected. Gary actually was like, he, he didn't know what was going on. He, uh, he asked me, Hey, so how's your Instagram going? And I was like, great. And he was like, so how, like what's you, your audience you like now? And I blew I, up I, stupid fat. Like yeah. there was, I, I think I blinked and it went crazy. Yeah. In, in December I had 6,000 Instagram followers and today I have over 180,000 Instagram followers. So it's like yeah. seven months. It, it, was, it was crazy. Um, but basically people saw that and they're like, cool, I want to jump on that bandwagon, which is great. I think it's fantastic. I think the graphics do a great job of taking complex topics and breaking them down and simple to understand. But the issue yeah. is that people, people who started doing them didn't do them necessarily because they wanted to teach people a, a more efficient way. They did it because they're like, oh, this is how you grow a following. Exactly. When, exactly. When you do it under, when it's all about intention. And when your intent is to grow a following and not to help people, they get lazy with it. And the making the graphics mm -hmm. is not the hardest part. Writing the, the content is the hardest part. That's where like, yeah, a lot of people say like, they, they might, they might read it in 20 seconds, but those that those captions will take me an hour plus to write just to make sure it flows, to make sure it's written well, to make sure it gets my, like, who I am across. It's not just, like, stream of conscious, Bob, unless, like, I had a lot of coffee and somehow I happen to do it stream of conscious. But otherwise, like, yeah. that's, people people miss that part. They really underestimate the power of words. Yeah. I I'm with you. Well, and it's, like you said, it's the intention behind it. It's like doing something um, in order to make money. You're never, ever, ever going to do well that way. Same with attention. A attention and money are a byproduct of serving people well, of doing something well. That's it. So it's, it's interesting to see. Um, you can tell people's motivation by – it's just so easy to read through me. Like when I'm interviewing people – um, it's, it's, I've learned a lot about people and intention is everything. I'm not interested in anybody who's 
driven solely for money or attention. It's just, it's, it's a it never cycle works. that never ends. No, and, and it never, never, it never ever works. And going to be satisfied. Exactly. And you, that's the crazy thing is that you're never gonna, you're never gonna feel good about yourself. Like when, when that's your yeah. goal, just like you don't feel yeah. good about yourself, no, no matter what, no matter what, because there's always more money to make. There's always like someone who has more money. There's always more things that you could buy. It's like when that's the goal, right. you, you, you're gonna feel followers. dirty. Yeah, I agree. It's a it's a lonely, sad, gross place to be. I don't. I can't imagine living that way. It's. I have. Have you read the book The Go Giver? I have not. I'm sorry. But no, don't be sorry. Just put that on your reading list. It's a pretty short book, but I it, it you're going to read it and you're going to be like, "Yes, this is exactly the way that I think." Um, but it it yeah, it's exactly the way that you think and it's the way that I naturally think too. It's just the proper way to live your life or to run a business. It just makes sense. And so when I read the book, I um somebody had recommended it to me. They said it reminded them of our business. And so anytime anybody recommends a book, I immediately order, order it off Amazon and it sat on my shelf for a while. And, um, I, we were going on a little weekend getaway and I grabbed that book and I was reading it and I'm just like, yes, 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 yes. When you find something and it's just putting words to something that was so obvious, but that you've never put words to. And so now it's part of our interview process to make it on our team. One of the steps is you have to read that book. So it helps to weed people out. And even if you don't make it on our team, you're going to be better for having read that book anyway. So, yeah, it's a good book. I love that. Like That's it. amazing. Yes. Um, okay. This and is going to be a for long whatever conversation. It's worth, I already for, for whatever it's worth, I'm going to make this even longer, by the way. Um, the, the whole... <laughs> For like for the people who might not be entrepreneurs listening, I don't know who's listening, but for it's the same way of like making no one, your goal no money. Cool. All right. <laughs> so like in the same, <laughs> if if your goal is money, you're not going to be happy. In the same way, like if everything that you want is solely based on like if you think you will be happy when you look a certain way, it's the same exact thing. Mm-hmm. If you think you'll be happy when you're rich or when you have money, it won't be. And if you think you'll be happy when you, like, have a six-pack or when your butt is huge or whatever, you're also not going to be right. happy. Because, like, if you aren't happy, like, with who you are now or what you have to offer now or, where, like, just who you are now, how you look is going to change that. Like, yeah, it might, like, you might feel better about X, Y, Z thing, but that unhappiness, it, it will never be fixed unless, like, you, you fix how you feel right now. That's exactly it. The finish line will always move. I you can't find 100%. happiness in a flat stomach or an empty laundry basket or an empty to do list or reaching any goal. Honestly, in reaching any goal, because everything just keeps going and keeps moving. So if you're waiting, like you're saying, if you're waiting for that happiness for whatever to happen. It may be for a split second if you're really good because I'm the type of person that once I reach something, I enjoy – I'm, I'm self-aware enough to know that I really enjoy the process and getting excited for something and that whatever it may be, the actual thing is not as 
exciting as the energy building up to it. So I think if you can realize that, it doesn't change my excitement knowing that the the end result or whatever that goal is going to be isn't as exciting. I'm just very aware of that. And so I reach that goal. I maybe enjoy it for a second. I come up for air and then I go back down again for something else. So I think it's it's easy to get caught in a cycle where I think a lot of people, especially successful people, and I'm talking successful in a worldly sense, not like peace of mind, you know, balanced, heart, <laughs> successful, um, but it's it's so easy to just never find that joy. You don't even come up for air when you reach a goal. Have you ever have you ever been in in that position where you just keep going and you realize I it's been a really long time since I've been happy? Um it's that it's been a really long time since I've been happy. There I mean you know, I don't I don't actually don't really think there's been a time where I've been like, wow, it's been a long time since I've been happy. I think what I've what has happened is I'm very quick to realize when I'm in the middle of something that isn't making me happy. And mm-hmm. when I realize that I make a change to, and like it's sometimes I'm in the middle of something that, I, that is making me unhappy. And I know I can't necessarily stop doing that thing, but I can add something else or focus on something else while I'm doing it that will. And I, I think one of the best conversations I ever had was bless you. When, um, was when I was in college, I hated it. Like, I absolutely hated school. It was uh, not for me. Um, I mostly did it because it, like, would make sure that I would have a relationship with my mother. Like, she would absolutely kill me if I didn't go to school. Um, and so I stayed there, and I was talking to one of my friends who was, like, he was, like, he's about 10 years older than me and a really incredible therapist. And Basically, he just had me think of school, like, detention. He's like, listen, you're in school. You're not going to drop out of school. Like, you might as well. It's like detention. You have to be there, so it might as well make, make a good time. Instead of sitting there and twiddling your thumbs, why don't you sit there and do something productive that you can enjoy? And that's, like, when I started blogging and writing and stuff like that. And so that's awesome. whenever I'm, I'm, I'm in a situation that I might not be able to fully control, um, I find something that I can control and to focus on while I sort of make my way through detention. That's so self-aware and so smart to be able to do because you can't escape every uncomfortable or boring or unhappy situation that you're in. You can't, but finding something else to focus on in the meantime is that's a perfect um, solution to get you through this. I'm actually, I'm going to make a video on this. Like, there, I think my next video is on this. But, like, a lot of people, they get really stressed out if they're going to go out to eat, right? Like, a lot of people who are, like, really focused yeah. on their body composition, they get really stressed out if they're going out with, like, friends or family or whatever. Like, oh, my God, we're going out to eat. Like, what do I do? And they get really nervous. And then they go out to eat, and they can't even enjoy it because all they're thinking about is, like, I'm overeating. And then even when they indulge in dessert, they still feel like shit. And, like, yeah. the entire time is just a waste. And then they go home and then they cry. And it's like, why did I do that? I'm, it's like the entire thing is, like, it's just a really bad experience. And whenever a client or someone asks me, like, how do I do it? How do I deal with this? I'm getting a little bit nervous. Like, I want to go out to eat and I want to enjoy it, but I can't. I'm like, listen, you're going to go out to eat and you're going to go out with them because it's life and you're supposed to enjoy life and have fun. Um, but the thing, like, and they're like, oh, my God, I can't count the calories because I'm not, like, weighing it. I'm like, listen. 
you can't control that, right? So it's one of those things like you know that you can't control it and you know it's going to cause you stress. But what you can do is you can control the entire week leading up to it and you can control especially the day leading up to it. So why not focus on maybe like just having a plan and doing what you can okay. control during the day before and have, doing what you can immediately after because no one, no, one made, no one got fat from having one bad meal and no one got jacked from having one amazing meal. So right. go out, enjoy it, do your best to stay on track before and after. And as long as you focus on what you can control, then you're going to be able to like have at least some more positive interactions as opposed to if you only focus on what you can't, that's when shit happens. It's such a hard thing to actually do though one especially if you've been in that cycle of guilt and stress over food i spent the major the majority of my life living that way i mean my memories up until a certain point i can remember what i ate how i felt um on vacation i can remember wh- where my body was at what i was insecure about how i was feeling And I was constantly worried about what I just ate, thinking about what I was going to eat, thinking about what other people are eating. I was obsessed with wondering what thin people eat or what anybody eats. It was just very, very, very interesting. My so much of my life and in my head revolved around food and my body and my insecurities and nobody from the outside looking in, I mean, I was definitely a little bit overweight, but nobody would have thought I was, nobody would have thought anything. They just would have thought she probably didn't go to the gym. But in my mind, I was such a mess and it affected, Stephen and I have been together since we were 16. And so when I say that he was out of my league when we started dating, I'm speaking from an honest place. He really, really was. And, uh, and, and that's my opinion, but it's, it's, it's reality. Um, and he put up with so much and loved me so much through so many years of me just being so unhappy and so insecure and failed diet after failed diet. And I remember going to Overeaters Anonymous. I had gotten to the point where I was just so broken And I looked it up and I took the quiz and every single question I answered yes to. And out of curiosity, I was curious because I'm like, well, maybe this is just bullshit. Maybe every, maybe, I mean, this is probably just pointing everybody in the direction. Everybody needs to go to this. So I had Steven look at the questions and he would have answered yes, maybe to one of them. I'm like, oh shit, this is, that's, (laughs) my mentality like that is that's how I thought everybody I knew that I wasn't happy but I thought that was normal and so I went to one meeting it was horrible and real weird and so I never did that again but I went through a long period of time and then I finally found a, a trainer a personal trainer his name was Scott and he helped me somehow change my way of thinking and I found so much power in just taking better care of myself and actually working out. Like I had never been to the gym before ever. I never played sports. I never did anything. I was, I'm still incredibly uncoordinated. I don't like group activities because I can't do it. Um, I like working out by myself where I'm competing against myself. Uh, 
I don't even know where I'm going with this. I think I just ran away with this, Jordan. I'm sorry. What did I even ask well, you? Well, it's good. I think it's really good to, to talk about that stuff. And I think a lot of people probably really relate with it, which is why you have such an engaged audience because, like, you're so open and honest. And, like, um, I think more people deal with this stuff than we actually think. Um, oh, yeah. But, and I think, uh, I think that to be able to talk about it openly allows the people who might not be ready yet to discuss it with people to have yeah. someone to to like to hear about it and to like actually like you know that hey listen when you're ready to make yeah. a make a change there is going to be help no matter what and like I think that's really yeah. important yeah I think I, I was trying to think what the what the turning point was for me and I think it was having a trainer having a trainer who genuinely cared about me and I think he was smart and he took such good care of me and turned my life around. And I think that had to have been the turning point and things have just gotten better and better and better over time because I think me getting older too, I think in your mid twenties and early twenties and even late twenties, it's maybe it's just a woman thing, you know, being a girl, but it's so difficult to, be secure with yourself and every aspect of yourself and realize, yeah, you know, I'd like my, my legs to be a little bit thinner, but who the hell cares? But that takes time. <laughs> so I think it was a combination of me getting older and more mature and um, also having a coach or a trainer. And it was expensive for me at the time, but it truly was the most priceless decision I've ever made. It has completely changed my life. Completely. Yeah, I believe it. And it's funny because what you're talking about, there's a word for it. Um, and it's, they call it self-efficacy. I guess two words, but there's a term for it, self-efficacy. I don't know if you've, you've heard of it, but no. um, so self-efficacy is a very, very interesting term. And the whole there's a ton of research on it, especially in more recent years. Um, so my background is educational background is actually in it's what's called behavioral health psychology, which is mm. essentially the the reason why people make the decisions they make regarding their health. And the best way that I can sort of make an example of this that is easy to understand is um, apple donut. Someone has an apple in their left hand, donut in their right hand. You go to ten people and you ask all ten people which one's healthier. They're all going to say the apple. Right. But you go to I those same I ten people. It'll be dumb enough yeah. to say that. Right. Well, well so well no, no no, but it's like the the point is it's like we all so you go to the same ten people, all of whom want to lose weight, and you say, Hey, I have a donut and I have an apple, which one do you want? And even though they all might want to lose right. weight, they all won't necessarily make the one that is the better decision the better choice for their weight loss. In the same way that cigarette cartons have a skull and crossbones on it, and people know now definitively that you are more likely to die earlier with, like, terrible diseases from smoking, but people still do it. Not only do people still do it because of addiction, but people actually start picking up smoking now. Just, but the, the whole point is why. Why are they making that decision? What's going on mentally, emotionally, so, like, sociologically, just environmentally? What is going on that people are making these choices? Um, and self-efficacy is a really, really important point of all of this, which basically self-efficacy is, is similar to self-confidence. It's not the same, but 
self-efficacy is how confident you are in your ability to succeed in a certain task. And mm-hmm. basically what you were saying was you weren't, it didn't really start to change until you got a coach. And I'm assuming what's going on is that coach made you believe in yourself more than anyone else had ever before. Like that coach gave you self-confidence to the point where like, I can do this. Like yeah. whether it was through showing you that, like getting you good results at the beginning or whether it was through actually like talking to you like, Hey, you can do this. Like you're the one, like you have the ability to do this. When, when there's someone there doing that for you and you're increasing your self-efficacy, you are significantly more likely to succeed because a lot of it just has to do, if you don't believe in your ability to succeed, then you won't actually do it. Uh, like you won't take the steps. It's like, it's, yeah. it's almost like, Oh, what's the point? I'm not even going to do it because I won't even get it in the same way. If, if I told you, if I was like, Heather, listen, I promise you, I know for a fact, and you, and you knew this was true, I was like, you have a 7 out of 10 chance of winning the lottery. You would go and you would buy a shit ton of tickets. You would like, well, buy I, whatever. If I, I told you, Heather, you have a 1 in 10,000 chance. Of, but like, okay, you have a 7 yeah, out of 10 yeah. chance or a 1 in 10,000 chance. You would right. be way more likely to go buy something just because you are, you know there's a higher probability right. of your success. Um, and that is self-efficacy. When you believe that you can do something, you are way more likely to take the right steps to make it happen. And that's actually why. So in my client onboarding process, I have a, there's a variety of ways to test self-efficacy. And I go through a number of, it's not like, hey, take this test. It's an, it conversational. Yeah. Yeah. But you can gauge where someone is on a self-efficacy level. And my goal, but like every month, is to retest it and see, is their self-efficacy increasing? And the people whose self-efficacy increase are significantly more likely to succeed than the people who either stay or decrease. It's, it's incredible. That's so amazing. And it seems so obvious. But it's not. It's not. The more, that's why for me personally, I'm trying so hard to get coaches to focus on the psychology of all this and the emotions. Because you can have the best training program, the best nutrition program, you can have all of that. But if you don't follow it consistently, then yeah. you, won't, you won't succeed. And the only way to follow it consistently is to have realistic expectations and, to, and the confidence and knowledge that you will succeed as long as you stick to it. And that's yeah. why, like, if more coaches spend time on psychology and human behavior and understanding the individual as opposed to the science of the best program, then, like, you're, you're going to see way more client success. You are a very, very, very smart man, Jordan. <laughs> but well, thank I, you. I, I appreciate wish, that. I, I hope and I wish that whoever listens to this, if people have been on the verge or really seriously considering adjusting their budgets to be able to fit a trainer into their life. And I mean a good trainer, not a trainer that's yawning at LA Fitness, probably because they went out last <laughs> night. And that pisses me off so much. That's so obnoxious. Well, they're not. It's the worst. Yeah, it's bad. It's bad. So, I mean, like a good trainer, it's just so worth it. Okay, but I feel like we've gotten way too serious. I need to lighten this up a little bit. Let's get shallow here. Okay, so the Kardashians' bodies, is that a hell no for you? Are you attracted to that? 
or not? Are you um, secretly attracted oh, to that? So on it's the so surface, interesting. I think I think on the surface, let me speak for you. <laughs> on the surface, I think <laughs> it would be probably a no because it's so unnatural and you totally correct me. And but I'm wondering secretly how you really feel. So I'll tell you what, like I'm going to go, and a lot of people are going to hear this and be like, oh, he's being so politically correct, blah, blah, um, I personally am just very against um, against any body shaming, no matter what. Um, so, the, like, I think that she is beautiful from what I've seen, uh, clearly not, like, necessarily natural. But right. um, it's not like, like, for me, it's really interesting, and this has changed as I got older. When I was younger, I was always like, oh, you're hot, like, I was like whatever, just because, like, that was the biggest thing. For me, like, attraction has really become more of um, the action someone's take, someone takes, mm-hmm. the way they speak, and the way they carry themselves. And to, I don't know anything about the Kardashians other than what they put out on, online, and even then, not that much, because I don't really look at that much. Um, I just don't think they're really attractive just based on what I've seen of them putting out publicly. Um, body aside, uh, personally, what am I most, like if I, if I just tell you like what am I most attracted to from physically, if we're only talking physical, mm-hmm. uh, not like intelligence or like conversational or ethics or morals, what I think is most attractive physically um, uh-huh. is like generally uh, so I'm insanely short. I'm five foot four. So I generally prefer shorter women too. Um, but like shorter, and then I really like, um, I really like. I'm a, I'm a leg guy. I'm a leg and butt guy. So like oh. that's like, that's really what I, like. That's why I'm a huge yoga pants guy. I think yoga pants are the <laughs> best invention ever. And I think like if you aren't wearing yoga pants, then that's a serious problem because they're just amazing. I love it. Okay, well, you are... Every Thanksgiving, I say thanks for yoga pants, just so you know. For all the women eating and... uh, Well, I mean, actually, on Thanksgiving, hopefully they're eating well and wearing yoga pants, (laughs) but they can eat well. Okay, that's excellent. You already asked... You already answered another one of my questions, because I bet... Is it difficult for you to date? Because as soon as a girl hears that you are a trainer, is she immediately insecure, like, oh, my God, I'm fat, or I need to work out? (laughs) Um, it's really interesting. I've had some, I've had some women say that, um, but usually like it's very easy to discuss in that like, I've had, I've had many women be like, well, you're just probably looking at like women with amazing bodies all day and like you're probably just like, you you know, you could have whatever. Like I hear that stuff all the time. Uh, and the easiest way like to bring someone to a level of calm is basically just like letting them know I don't date personal trainers. <laughs> like I won't do it. I won't date anybody in the fitness industry very purposefully. Um, so, like, yeah, I mean, it's just, it, it can be, like, they get a little bit nervous, but as soon as I say that, they're like, oh, okay. Well, except in my scenario where you decided to marry one. <laughs> Wait, but I guess what, that what was the less of, of three. Is that, your, is that another question? Do you want me to marry a personal trainer? No, no, you, between marry, hook up with, or unfollow, you chose to marry a personal trainer. You gave me a personal <laughs> trainer, a CrossFit enthusiast, or an obnoxious CrossFit enthusiast, and, and something about a terrible vegan. Right. So 
that was okay. you did okay. not okay. give me the option of like uh of a history teacher. Right. <laughs> That's true. Because that would have been boring. Okay. Uh, <laughs> That's how. That's how. Like all these rumors get started. Jordan said he would unfollow a vegan and marry yes. a personal trainer. In, that's I'm what hoping, you said. I'm hoping to ruin your reputation in one swoop here. Yeah. All right. Well, you're on a roll. This is going to be good. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so what do you think the most annoying fashion trend in women is right now? What are girls or women doing that you just do not understand? I have never understood why people would buy pants with the word juicy on their butt. <laughs> I don't get it. It's just Jordan, never. Jordan, it's not it's just, 2003. I meant current. Listen, I, all of my clothes are hand-me-down clothes from when I was in high school. I am not a fashion expert. All I know is at some point in my life, I've seen women with juicy on their butt, and I immediately turned to my friend next to me and said, why the fuck did they buy those pants? Okay. Okay, that's fair. And they were yeah. like with sea queens, which, by the way, I feel like I should get, get like acknowledgement for knowing what a sea queen is, or I don't know how to pronounce it. See, you know I mean? <laughs> I, it's good. You get half a point. Half a point. And the only reason I know what that word is, not necessarily how to pronounce it, is because I asked my mom. I was like, "Why do these women have like these jewels on their butt that say <laughs> juicy?" And she was like, "They're not jewels, you idiot. It's They're called a, whatever she said." Sequins. Yeah. Yes. What's the plural? Sequins? Yeah. That's the plural. Got it. Okay. Sequins. I think I could be totally wrong, but I mean... In, do in you my... own any juicy pants? No, I do not. I do so not. I like your fashion. Yes. Thank you. Thank you so much. <laughs> um, <laughs> okay. Do you like the high-waisted uh, swimsuits that all the girls are I, wearing? I think those are insanely hot. Yeah, I love those. Okay, okay. I didn't expect that. Okay. So what about high-waisted jeans? Yeah, I think that I've loved that look since before it came back in style. Like, I remember I looked at, like, pictures from the 70s or whenever when those were in style, and I thought those were always wicked sexy. Amazing. Okay, that is great and interesting. Um, Do you say yes to everybody that asks you to do a podcast interview? Yes, unless for whatever reason, like, they would have said, like, you're a piece of shit, want to do a podcast? Otherwise, yes, I do. <laughs> and how many how many podcasts have you done? Uh, I have no idea, but a lot. I usually do at least two a week, and that's been happening for at least at least two years, and I did many before that, so a lot. And do you like doing them? I, you seem like you do. Uh, yeah, it's literally it's just a conversation, so it depends on the person I'm talking to. Like, so I've been on podcasts where the person who was running it had no idea what to talk about, or they didn't <laughs> know anything about me, and or they were just really, you know, sometimes you get in a conversation with someone who is really awful at being in conversation with, and whether it's because they're saying things you totally disagree with, or because they're just really bad at talking, and you're like, well, this conversation sucks. I wonder when I can get out of it. Or yeah. you talk to someone who's like a really good conversationalist, and they're saying things you agree with. It's like, this is amazing. I like this person. I should buy them a Christmas present. Like, <laughs> that's, that's like this conversation. I will buy you a Christmas present. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And you're Jewish, right? Shall I buy you a 
Hanukkah. You should buy me a Hanukkah present. Yes, that okay. would be the correct reciprocation. Fair. I want to buy you goldfish. That would be lovely. I like them in the individual bags. I feel like it's safer than the big carton, just FYI. Do you want each goldfish in an individual no. bag or just <laughs> No, Jordan, no. I mean, don't you eat junk food. Come on. They, they In like the, the not 100-calorie packs, but like the little bags that you stuff in your kid's lunchbox like that. Like the 100-calorie packs or like the bigger bags? Yes, correct. They're probably like got it. 200 calories. 220 back. calories. Got it. Exactly. Okay. Um, okay. Let me see. Who do you ab- – okay, first question. Do you follow anybody on Instagram that you hate but you cannot help yourself from looking at what they're doing? Like they annoy you so much but you cannot help but, but watch. They annoy me, but I can't help but watch. Um, Somebody that you just yeah, like, yeah. that you find yourself, like, either listening or watching their stuff. Um, so there are people I follow in the industry um, because <laughs> because either they stole my work before and I want to make sure that they don't do it again, mm-hmm. or uh, just, like, people who generally in the industry who – I want to keep an eye on just to make sure that they're not spreading anything that's going to hurt people. Um, and like, otherwise I hate their content and I never want to see it. Like, but I, I keep an eye on it because I want to make sure that they're not saying anything that they shouldn't be saying about like about fitness or health or whatever. Um, the other one that I follow that like is a really like a guilty pleasure and I shouldn't Thank follow you. it, Thank but you. I do. Uh-huh. Yeah, I still don't think you're going to like this answer, but there's like, there's this one Instagram account called um, called like something to the effect of like terrible crashes. And oh my like, god! All of, like these the worst what is wrong the worst with accidents caught on camera of like which is the worst. And like I watched it, and I'm like that person 100% died or like oh got seriously god. injured. Oh my sick. Okay, you're sick. That makes me feel a little bit better though about your other answers. At least now I. Well, no, your guilty pleasure. That is, it's so that bad because every time, every time I watch it, like I wait right until I know like the actual thing is about to happen, and then I scroll. Like I can't watch that. I just can't watch. <laughs> you just like the anticipation. That's so weird. It's wow. like a huge account. I'm sort of surprised. I, I do secretly yeah. follow it, and you're just using that to like sort of make me feel bad about myself. Oh, no, no. I have many, many, many guilty uh, pleasures, but that is not one of them. I Do you watch the news as well? I mean, are you that sick, too? I hate the news. I hate the news. I don't watch but TV. But you watch crashes. And I don't say that because it's, like, trendy to say, I don't even watch TV. No, like, I literally don't have a, have a TV in my apartment. Um, oh. But, like, but Instagram is essentially my TV with those, like, terrible crashes. <laughs> like, That's so bizarre. So bizarre. No. Definitely not um, not something I partake in. Okay, so I know how old you are. When was your last – oh, well, this isn't a you, – you wrestled. Okay, so when was your last physical fight but not, um, not wrestling or not an appropriate fight? Have you ever gotten into Wait, a fight? Yes, I have. And um, the one that popped in your mind, what was it about? What was the fight about? Oh, man. You want a really good story? Yeah. All right. So I was in high school, and <laughs> I was a very – I was an idiot. 
But anyway, so I was in high school, and I was out to eat with two of my best friends, David and Tucker, and we were all wrestlers. And um, Tucker and David and I all went out to eat. And David, now I'll be forthright, in high school, I smoked a lot of weed. This time specifically, I did not smoke. Um, David was the only one who decided to smoke, and David was like, let's go to KFC. And I was like, I'll drive you to KFC because you're high. So, <laughs> and, and I also haven't smoked in years, by the way, but like, I don't think anything's wrong with me either way. But like, um, in high school, I did smoke a lot. And so we went to KFC, and David was really happy because we went to KFC. And then <clears throat> this was in a town called Framingham. Uh, and Framingham isn't necessarily the nicest town, and we were there and eating, and then there in walked to KFC three other high school kids. And from your, from your high school? No, these kids are from Framingham. We were from a town called Sudbury. Okay. And so these kids walk in, and um, you know when you're with your friends and you get like really riled up and you think everything's funny and like you're just being ridiculously stupid. So yeah. These kids were, you know, like what varsity letterman jackets are, like the yeah. varsity letterman jackets. Yeah. These kids were wearing those jackets, but they weren't varsity letterman jackets. They were like NASCAR racing jackets. Um, and one of the, and like we're in, we're from Boston. Like no one watches NASCAR in Boston. It's totally foreign, and everyone makes fun of it. And then to see three high school kids walk in with these massive coats, leather coats on one of which had a big Tony the Tiger from Frosted Flakes on it, was, oh. like, a little bit shocking and hilarious. Mm-hmm. Um, so I pointed and laughed. Oh, God. And that was a bad decision. Yeah. Um, in life, that's pretty much a bad decision. Just in life. And I didn't, like, stand up and say, hey, guys, look at that <laughs> idiot. But, like, I, like, pointed and I laughed, and then they looked over and they saw me doing that. And that was when trouble started because they walked directly to our table before they even ordered and I was like that's how you know they're serious because they didn't even go and order yet and priority they, to kick your ass. they came right over to our table and they I'll tell you what they said verbatim and then I'll tell you what it means translated oh my they, gosh one of Translate. them looked at us well I don't know it's a really interesting because it, it, it got even worse um, they walk <laughs> over and they were trying to act really tough and they said one of them looks at all of us. He goes, "You balling my boys," and yeah, I, I laughed again because I thought that was a really funny way of asking, "Are you looking at us?" Is it, "Are you oh. ball, are you balling my boys?" Like eyeballing my boys, like you balling. Oh, okay. And I was like, I laughed again, and so did David and Tucker because we thought that was a really funny way to ask that. And uh, and we're like, "No, listen, really sorry, like not making fun of you, like totally apologize." really trying to defuse the situation. Um, and they grabbed the uh, straws off our table and started, like, like throwing the paper at us, like, this, nothing big, but, like, being obnoxious. And then the manager yeah. kicked them out of the restaurant. Um, so the manager kicked them out, and but what they did was we were sitting right next to the big glass window that every KFC in the history of the world has. And okay. they we're standing right outside of the window and knocking on the window, just like basically like, we're waiting for you. We're waiting for you. We're waiting for oh you. Oh my God. Um, yeah. So now we're a little bit like, ah, oh, shit, this isn't good. Um, 
and David is still very high. So, <laughs> so David's like, I got to go to the bathroom. David goes to the bathroom and he comes back and he's like, he's like, I think I got to fight these guys. I was like, why would you say that? <laughs> like, <laughs> and and like, what is Tucker saying? Is he with you? Tucker, is he not? Tucker's there. He's laughing. Tucker's just like very nonchalant. Like he's in med school right now. So Tucker turned into med school. David is now an actor in LA and I'm a personal trainer. So it's sort of here. like cool. Uh-huh. Like, uh, so, so Tucker's just laughing and I'm just like, you don't need to. And David's like, come on, like, let's do it. Like, no. Um, but then I was like, listen, here's what we're going to walk outside. We're going to walk straight to the car, get in and we're not going to fight. And like everyone agreed. Cool. We walk out and immediately they, they come right up to us. Like immediately they were waiting for us. They come right out and David, jumps in action. <laughs> oh, no. And David just, like, walks right up to, like, their ringleader, and their ringleader walks up to us, and, like, they're, like, looking at each other dead in the face. Um, and and I was, like, I literally, I walked right up to them, and I was, like, guys, listen, here's the deal. I'm very sorry I pointed and laughed. That was very, very wrong of me. I shouldn't do that. I apologize. I just want to let you know all three of us are wrestlers. We've wrestled our entire life. We've been jiu like, this is like this is what we do. We don't want to have it. We don't want to fight. But if you start something, this is not going to end well. I promise. Um, and the guy standing in front of David tried to sucker punch him in the face. As soon as I said that, okay, um, okay. he completely missed. He completely missed. Um, and then we got in a fight. And then like they ended up and running away very fight... quickly. Okay, I'm like, how did how did the so, fight well, break so up? it was it was. It was, like, it went very well for our side. Um, no injuries at all. Literally, the cool thing about wrestling is it's really good about, it's really good at learning how to get someone on the ground and completely just render them incapable of doing anything. It's not, it's not like punching or kicking or elbowing. Yeah. It's just like, yeah. let me grapple you and hold you in a position that you can't move. Um, yeah. And so that's what I did. That's what Tucker did. And David's guy, who is a little bit more feisty, he got some hits in the face, and uh, he did not end up very well. But we were all fine, and then we got in the car and drove home, and that was that. And (laughs) did any of you ever tell your parents what you did? No, never, actually. That was not something I told them. David's mom, David's parents knew because David told them. I didn't tell my mom that specific story. I tell her a lot of stories now. Um, but I, I never told her that one. She's like, yeah, she would not be happy about that. Very disappointed in you, Jordan, because you started the whole thing. I inadvertently started the whole thing, and I feel yeah. terrible that I pointed and laughed. But he was wearing a NASCAR jacket. It probably cost him at least $200 with Tony the Tiger on it. And, like, that was funny. It still yeah. is funny. Yeah. I, like, it still yeah. is funny. Yeah, but maybe this time you wouldn't point. I wouldn't point. I would just laugh and say, wait until I can tell you what just happened. <laughs> <laughs> we'll talk about it in the car. Remind me to tell you a story. <laughs> okay, tell me the worst advice that you have given to a client unintentionally. The worst advice? This is like advice. through the years. Like, have you ever done something, said something, told them to do something, you look back on now like, oh, shit. I didn't even really know what I was doing at that time. Or you've always known what you're doing. No, I've definitely said stupid stuff before. It is actually an interesting topic because 
you'll never see a coach talk about the clients that didn't succeed with them. And I think that's really interesting. I, I think like mm-hmm. that's something that coaches should do more. Um, mm-hmm. I would say when I first really got into it and got really into the coaching, like I'd say probably 19, 20, between like when I was 19 or 20 years old and I had been doing it for a while, but I like really started to get into my own business. Um, I was not nearly as open to new things. So basically it was either my way or no way. I like right now I'm the complete opposite. It's very much like there's a million ways to do things. My way is one way you can do this, this for now, this now and this later. So like basically I don't have one specific phrase or thing that I said in mind, but I, like, was very, very, very um, black and white. Either you were going to do this or not. And that was it. And basically, like, and it was also that way with um, with effort, too. I was very much like, listen, if this is important to you, you're going to do it, period, end of story. And I never, I didn't really understand, like, I didn't understand that there's much more to fitness than just desire. Like everyone wants to do something, but there's other things going on in their life that are causing them or not causing them to make a change. And uh, once I started to learn more about behavioral psychology and and emotion, like emotions and why people make the decisions they make, I started to realize, holy shit, maybe they weren't ready in that moment but if I'd handled it properly, I could have progressed them along, I call it the stages of change. I could have progressed them along those stages to a point where they would have been ready. Uh, and that's now, like, yeah. Would you ever reach out to them? Any Anybody that sticks out in your mind, like I, I really could have done so much better. Like that person I know for sure could succeed if I was able to understand and connect with them now. Like would you ever reach out to somebody and check on them from – I, I do that all the time. Five like, years ago? Okay. Very rarely have I worked with someone who just completely cuts off, who, like, we don't talk anymore. Most of my clients, like, whether I work with them currently or, like, their previous clients, we still just, we still hang out or we still talk. Um, so, absolutely. I, and I've said that okay, before. Wait. Like, I've, I've spoken to you. I'm like, hey, listen, remember when, like, I said this and, like, how this was the discussion? What I want to say now is this. Like, I say that pretty, yeah, like, I yeah. say it pretty frequently. I do it in a lot of my content, too. I say, hey, if you scroll back, like, to 2011 or 12, you will see me say this. Today I'm going to tell you that I completely disagree with what I wrote back then. That's awesome. But more interestingly, who does not speak to you and why? Who does not speak to me? Yeah, clients you know, like you know what? I'll tell you. There's this one guy, and like, it was like three or four years ago now, and I totally forget his name. He was a personal trainer. I hope he's listening to this. I just hope this guy's listening to this <laughs> because we worked together for like eight months, and like that's like an average client stays with me like average a, a year and two a year. And two. Most clients stay with me over a year. Um, yeah. But we worked together for eight months, which is a long time. Like we had a good relationship, literally a great relationship. Like, we would laugh and, like, always all caps, ha, 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 exclamation points. Like, it was a, a solid relationship. Um, and then one day, his, like, I saw his, like, recurring payment canceled. And that's totally cool. Like, that some people need to cancel. And I emailed him. I was like, hey, man, just saw it happen. Like, 
uh, starting to cancel, like, just so you know, anything you need, I'm always here for you. Let me know if you want to catch up. Like, if you're in town, we'll grab a beer or whatever. And no response. And I was like, fuck, like, what happened? I was wondering if you, like, yeah. was, like if you got a divorce or if you, like, a family member died, like, if he lost his job. And I sent him an email once a week, every week for six months, and I never heard back. And it was, like, to this day, still haunting. Wow. Like, what happened? What That's happened? so crazy. Yeah, it sucks. Because, like, I never, ever want, like... like Do you think he died? It's not that I don't ever want clients... No, because his, his payment's canceled. Unless, like, unless he exactly. died and, like, Hello. his like, What do you think happens when it? people die, Jordan? <laughs> people, people cancel their reoccurring payments. That's what happens when someone dies. As soon as you, you die, boy. all your payments cancel. That's just, like, it... So let's so clearly they have to be dead to completely ignore you. Let's just say that. God bless I him. think I I he I unfortunately think he's dead. I hope he's not, but <laughs> I hope he's really listening to this. <laughs> of course. Everybody's going to hear this. Um Everybody. You yeah, you told me you're you're famous or you're about to be famous. No, I, it's because my hair looks really good now. That's all. I think oh, I'm gonna God. break the internet with my hairdo. Yeah. No, I'm excited it. to see it. <laughs> I love it. I feel more myself now than I have in a long time. It's good. I'm um, honestly, like, very happy to hear that. I'm bald, by the way. Yes, I'm, I'm very aware, and my husband's bald as well. I can appreciate a he bald He looks amazing. Head. Oh, right. You love fellow bald men love each other. It's great. When, our, when my daughter I like, was, I like him when a lot. daughter was little... He's wonderful. He really is wonderful. But when my oldest daughter was little, she would see a bald man and call him daddy. No matter what he looked like, <laughs> he was daddy. I'm like, that's not your father, so let's move along. That's so amazing. You have fun things to look forward to. Do you want to have kids? Um, eventually, in many, 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 many years, uh, yes, but not anytime soon. Do you tip at Chipotle? I'm sorry, what did you ask? Do you leave a tip at Chipotle? Do you tip the people? I thought you asked, do you piss at Chipotle? Oh, no. No, I don't speak that way. Well, <laughs> that's not... That I was like, that's just very off character. No, 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 no. <laughs> no. I was like, very like, wow. That's why I was like, I'm no. sorry, could you repeat yourself? I cuss, but I'm not crass. How about that? Um, no, I don't tip at Chipotle. Do you? No. Uh, maybe. Maybe it depends on how pressured I'm feeling. Maybe like a dollar. I always feel real nervous at places like that where I feel like I don't want to tip these people, but then I'm like, oh, God, I feel bad. So then I leave a dollar or two or three. Wait, what? That's not like a – I mean – Maybe I'm wrong, but I didn't think that's, like, a very tippy environment. Like, I didn't think that it's that was, not. like, the norm. It's not. I have uh, guilt. And I don't know. It just feels very awkward when somebody hands me a receipt and they're standing right there and there's a tip line. I just feel like a dick if I just draw a line through it and sign my name, you know? I, you know, I struggle I, with that. I, that's not something I struggle with to be honest with you. Um, That's good. It's really, really stupid that I do. But I also suffer from um, 
extreme empathy, which leads me to make poor decisions. So it's not a good thing. I'm not saying that, you know, in a job interview, what's your greatest weakness? I'm just too empathetic. No, I really make bad decisions <laughs> when I put my morals aside because I can understand where somebody is coming from and I excuse things like tipping somebody who doesn't deserve it. Got it. That makes sense. Uh, I, mean, that's, I mean, I mean, you know, it's a, it's a good problem all, to have, I guess. It's no, a better it's problem than, than it's a better problem than others. I would yeah, rather I, have the problem of over tipping than the problem of under tipping. Yeah. I, I definitely take care of people unless you're a jerk. If you're a jerk, I don't take care of you. If you're busy, maybe get my order wrong, you're probably still going to get a good tip. If you're a jerk or make me feel stupid, forget it. Yeah, forget about it. If you make me feel stupid, forget about it. Yes. Um, if you had to give up <laughs> coffee or working out, ooh, no, coffee or sex. For the rest wow. of your life, Why what would you, would give, you up? give me? Like, what? Is, that's well, a really had, terrible question. I had question. out, but I'm like, no, that's too. That's not difficult enough. Coffee or sex? I can't believe you just asked me that, and I can't believe I'm about to say this, but I would give up coffee. Oh, I thought you were gonna say sex. Okay. I'm a very sexual person, so that's just like not like I can get my like caffeine fix elsewhere. I'm just like not okay with you. Okay, okay. That would just not happen. That's that's fair. That's fair. Um What about what? you? Well, would you All right, let me ask you this. If you had to give up shopping or sex, what would you give up? What kind of shopping? I mean, I'm not going to give up shopping. Sex, so I guess Oh, I'd give up clothes shopping. I don't know that I have any okay. other response for any other type of shopping. I really, really enjoy <laughs> shopping, online shopping. I love how you had to clarify what kind of shopping. I know, I know that's real bad. I just, just want to know what I'd be giving up because I wouldn't give up sex. Let's be honest. Let's um, be honest. Tell me about the worst date that you've ever been on. The worst date I've ever been on. Oh, man. Yes. Let's see. Um, I Man, I mean, there are some good ones. Like, I think my, I'll be honest, like, my dating life has been an interesting one. Um, I'll say, like, I think, honestly, the worst the worst ones have just been um, when I go out, and I'm thinking of one in particular, but, like, mm-hmm. when they asked me out, so this one girl, she asked me out, it was in college. And she was like, I really want to go out to dinner with you. She's like, would you go to dinner with me? And I was like, yeah, absolutely. Her name is Allie. I hope you're listening mm-hmm. to this, Allie. <laughs> and, and we went out to dinner, and we went out to sushi, which is, like, my favorite meal. And uh, we, we were, like, literally, she had, she, she made the move, which I'm cool with, of she put her phone on the table next to her, which I'm cool with that move. I do that move. I always okay. opt for phone facing down, and I just leave it out in case there is an emergency. Um, right. If, it's if like, you don't like, have kids, though, you probably aren't yeah. going to have. Okay. I'm well, trying to understand. Well, as of right now, a, as of right now, I do it. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, because well, you, yeah, you're like, okay, like, 
a babysitter might be calling, who knows. Um, right. As of right now, it's mostly, like, if Gary is, like, calling or texting. But otherwise, yeah. like, I just, like, if, like, my mom is texting me or calling me, like, I'll just, like, make sure That's it's not lovely. an emergency. But, like, otherwise, that. But anyway, so she went, opted for the face up phone. And this sounds like a Seinfeld episode, but, like, that immediately, like, triggered me. Like, face up. She went face up. Why wouldn't she go face down? I don't know. Blah, blah, blah. So I'm like, George. Okay. Anyway, so she went face up with the phone at dinner. And I was like, okay, interesting choice. Let's see how this pans out. And I shit you not, like, she was on her, like, she would talk and talk and talk and talk and talk. And then finally, I think after, like, 15 or 20 minutes of her talking, when she, like, might have realized that I literally didn't say a word other than, like, "Uh uh-huh or yeah, she would ask me something. And as soon as I started to answer, she would pick up her phone and start to look at it. Like, literally pick it up and start to, like, troll. Did you you say something? So I went through two rounds of that. So, like, she would talk 15 minutes and then ask me something and I would start to talk. And then as soon as, like, she started doing it, I just stopped talking and, like, went to eating. And then, like, she'd be like, oh, sorry, sorry, sorry. And then she would start talking again, and then I wouldn't say anything. And then she would ask me something, and I would start to respond, and she did it again. And that's when I was like, I'm going to let you get this one. And I walked out. <laughs> Good for I left. you. Wow. I was just like, I don't have patience for this. Yeah, of course. We were in, like, a lot of the same classes and stuff. And how did she act towards you? Because you you made her feel really dumb. Not that you shouldn't have. Oh, and she was like, basically she was like, what? Like, I don't know what's going on. Like, what happened? I was like, listen, Allie, here's the deal. You asked me to come have dinner with you. And I'm totally cool with that. And then you were talking most of the time. And again, I'm totally cool with that. But then when you ever asked me to speak you didn't even, like, you literally started looking at your phone. She's like, oh, my God, I'm so sorry. I didn't even realize that. I was like, hey, it's totally cool. But, like, I'm just not going to okay. go on a date with you again. Right. I will like, never eat with you again. Yeah. Yeah. Man. That's, that. were you surprised that that's the type of person that she ended up being very self uh You know, it is. It was surprising because it's so funny how this happens, but I've noticed that a lot of times that the people, the people who say, oh, my God, I hate it when someone does this, or I hate it when people do that, mm-hmm. they are the biggest perpetrators of that. Um, yeah, and so, like, she was very much a, like, oh, my God, like, all these people are always on their phone type of person. And I was like, oh, my God, like, you are the person who you say you hate. Yeah. That's funny. Uh, okay. If you had to go to a place right now and die – and die happy, where where would you go? Like, have you ever been in a place where you're like, if I died right here, right now, I would be so happy? Or is that just me? <laughs> Do I just have Well, by die, like, like, is that, like, a like, peaceful death right there? Is, like, someone throwing a rock yeah, at my head? Like, like, I'm so, no, no, no. I'm not actually thinking about how you die. But, like, you're so incredibly happy and at peace. It's, like, where your soul belongs, you know? Yeah, I, I would go to Israel. I'd be in Israel for sure. Um, and I would probably be in the uh, city called Haifa in Israel. Amazing. Okay, what languages do you speak? I speak English and Hebrew, and I like to pretend like I speak French, but I don't speak anything. I just like to do the accent <laughs> with made-up words. 
Excellent. And I'm sure you, your nice, dry sense of humor fools some people. Actually, funny story. When I was, uh-huh. uh, when I was, I think I must have been seven or eight, my mom sent me to um, etiquette classes at the Ritz-Carlton. It was a non-negotiable. She was like, you were taking etiquette classes. And I was wow. like, I was like, I don't know what etiquette means, but I'll do it. <laughs> She's and like, good, so, you're going. So she was like, you're going. And, like, I got all dressed up in a suit. And, like, there's, like, kids. There's all kids, like, my age. And I walked in. I was the last one there. And I didn't know anybody. Like, you don't know anybody in there. It's just a big table with all these kids and, like, suits and stuff. And um, and so I was like, okay. So I sit down. And the oh, someone walks up to me. Someone who works at the risk call. And they're like, would you, uh, <laughs> would you, like, they actually didn't ask me. They gave me hot chocolate and a croissant. And immediately, I was like, I'm going to start talking like I'm French. And because of the croissant. And so my mom and I, my mom and I, ever since I was in preschool, like, we had this thing where, like, we'd pretend we were French. And I'd be like, like, whatever, we'd go back and forth. And Uh so I got the croissant, and I started eating it. And I was like, oh, yeah, I'm going to be French. So peep all the kids, like, like they do, they started talking to me. And they started asking questions, and I looked at them, and I pretend to look French back. And oh my gosh. all of a sudden, all the kids start to think that I don't speak English. <laughs> so the oh, entire amazing. room, it's like being a fly the entire, on the wall. yeah, the entire room thinks I don't speak English, and all the kids, like they're being kids, they're like, "Oh my god!" Like, say this, see if he understands this. And oh like I like they would like say like poop whatever and like I wouldn't laugh and I'd be like that's a like whatever it's like something stupid, and um, then the teacher walked in, and the teacher was like going around the room and they asked me you know, my name and I like pretended to speak French and everyone was like he doesn't speak English he doesn't speak English <laughs> and the teacher was like yes he does I just spoke to his mother. <laughs> Right. She speaks English. He speaks English. No, we're Yeah, so that was, uh, but I do think I do a great pretend French. So you've always been confident then? I've always loved pushing buttons. So uh-huh. I can tell. I've, uh-huh. I, I've always loved sort of just like seeing like, what's going to happen if I poke the bear? Like, and I even, one of my teachers, Mrs. Taylor, wrote that on my report card in fifth grade. <laughs> Jordan loves poking other people's buttons. And my mom was like, yes, you do like doing that. You need to stop. And I was like, sorry. Maybe, maybe next year, Mom. Maybe next year. If you notice, like, that's what a lot of my fitness content is, is like poking buttons. Like, yeah. let's see what happens when I say this. <laughs> yeah, you just like to watch people's reaction. I can, I can appreciate that. But it takes a certain level of confidence to even be able to do that. Yeah, I would agree. I'm very lucky. I'm very lucky. I was born uh, very calm. I was born very much not caring what people said or did. I just, I don't care. Um, You really don't care. So do you you get embarrassed? Like, if I ask you what embarrasses you? I don't get embarrassed very easily. I remember... One of the times I was most embarrassed was when I was at a family get-together for Passover, and I was uh-huh. seven or eight or nine, something really young, and my cousin Michael, who was 24, 25 at the time, brought his girlfriend over 
uh, and it was like the first time I'd ever met her. And we're in the middle of Passover dinner, and I go to the bathroom, and I walk back, and his girlfriend looks at me, and she's like, oops, you left your fly open. And I was mortified. I, like, went red in the face, and I was like, oh, my God, like, I can't believe my fly is open. Um, But other than that, I really don't get embarrassed that much. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> that's but that's such a good quality my Stephen is the exact same way he just doesn't care enough what other people think so you can't really get embarrassed I don't understand yeah. that I live I live embarrassed so why what are you embarrassed of anything everything I get embarrassed very easily but like, so, what, I don't know what were you most recently embarrassed by um the first thing that comes into my mind, which this probably, I'm sure I've embarrassed myself since then. Um, but the first thing that comes into my mind, we had checked into a hotel in New York. It was um, the Surrey, which was, it's a really, really nice hotel. And we were in the elevator and I like to talk to people and, um, some guy was in his workout clothes. I think Stephen and I were going downstairs like to have a cocktail or something. And I made a comment about his workout clothes like he made a good decision. He probably lived there. I'm such an idiot. I'm even more embarrassed now just thinking about how stupid I was. But I made some comment like it was great that he remembered to bring his workout clothes. And I said something like, yeah, I didn't. Um, it, it must have been. I'm like, it was a Freudian slip. And he's like, well, No. And he corrected the definition of what Freudian, what a Freudian slip was. And I just oh my wanted goodness. to fall through the floor. Shut up. This, but this is something that I deal with. I just felt really dumb. <laughs> and really, I don't know. I felt really stupid in front of a stranger that I'll never see again, ever, ever, ever. And that moment, he never remembered. That is but stuff so like that. funny. And then falling down in public, um, I've had a few... <laughs> a few um, slip and falls, <laughs> those are pretty embarrassing. But I get really embarrassed when I when I misspeak. So falling when you what when you, when you what? Oh, when I when I misspeak okay, when I it. say something, yeah, yeah. But I don't know. I get nervous and I get embarrassed a lot. Yeah, it's just my That's personality so funny. because I care too much about what people think. great because like the actual a lot of people actually make that mistake. And every time someone says that's a Freudian slip, Thanks, I like Jordan. think in my head, I'm like, we don't to talk about I'm like, that's time. not. <laughs> well, see, and it's very polite. Just don't say that out loud to anyone. Just don't. Because they'll remember yeah, it probably for a real long time. And then they'll be on like a nice conversation with someone and they'll be like, I, you will not believe someone actually corrected me when I didn't say the right terminology. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> what a dick. Why did he have what to a do dick. that? What makes you nervous? Mm-hmm. Um, what makes me on? Ugh, like this is so weird, and it's something. It's very new. Um, it makes me nervous to think about my mom getting older. Like that freaks me the fuck out. Um, because so my parents are divorced, and like I really don't speak much with my dad at all. Uh, but I talk with my mom uh-huh. like twice a day. Um, and like. I, and so she lives alone. So, like, her being alone scares the living shit out of me. Um, and not, like, because, like, in terms of, like, alone without a partner. I mean, like, alone, like, what if you fall type shit. Um, how, so that, like, makes she? me. 
she's like 62. She's not old. And she's like very she's healthy. Young. But like, I'm a worrier. Do you have like, I just worry. I have one older brother. Do you have. Okay. How, how old is he? She's 29. Okay. And does he worry about your mom too? Like, is he close to your mom? No, not like, no. I mean, he I, he would worry, but not like I worry about her. Um, and yeah. he actually lives in Los Angeles, so he's, like, way further away than I am. Um, but, like, yeah, he's, like, not nearly as big of a worrier about that kind of stuff as I am. Like, my brother would worry more. My brother and I are very different. Like, he's very uh, socially awkward. Like, he, he doesn't like to... <laughs> hang out with people. I'm a big extrovert. Like, I love hanging out with people. Like, if you put me in a room, a room with a group of people, like, I'm, uh, I love it. I'm also equally as happy being alone, um, but, like, I'm totally fine being yeah. in a group of people. He hates it. Like, it will, like, it's hard to pay him to go to a social event. Um, so, he worries about different stuff. But, uh, yeah. Interesting. And is he married? Does he have kids? No, he is not married. He's been dating uh, a girl for, he just went on his four-year anniversary recently to Las Vegas. Oh. I was like, that's an interesting choice. Um, I don't know why he went to Las Vegas yeah. for that, but he, he's not a gambler at all. I was like, interesting. But either way, he went to Las Vegas for his four-year anniversary. Um, but no, not married and no kids. Would your mom prefer a nice Jewish girl as opposed 100%. to anything else? Yep, it is a major point and of contention. Do you think? Um, uh huh. Because how do you feel? I I have no problem. Like I, first of all, I don't even know if I'm going to get married. But let's say I do get married. Um, I. Why would am, you even say that? I don't know because you never know what's going to happen in life. But either way, um, I have always been of the mindset that I don't care if someone is Jewish or Muslim or, or Christian or black or Chinese, whatever. It doesn't matter. I was like, love is love. And like, if I fall in love with someone and they fall in love with me who is not Jewish, then like, cool. Like I'll, I have no problem marrying them. And like my mom has, she wouldn't, she would never say don't do it. And she would never end our relationship and she would never, but she would, she would always say, I'll never forget this. I remember it because as a kid, I like to poke buttons. I like to poke people. I was like, mom, what would you do if I married a non-Jewish girl? And she was like, I, mm-hmm. I would support you and I would love you, but I'd be very disappointed. And I was like, <laughs> wow. I, was like, no I, pressure. I, I will always remember no that. Um, and I, it's been, it's one of the things I still bring up with her. And she's like, listen, here's the deal. It's not because I don't, it's like, and she like, is she has many friends who aren't Jewish. Like, she has nothing wrong with it. She's like, but listen, when you have kids and you have two different religions yeah. and, like, it, it, marriage is hard enough already and, like, that's adding exactly. another thing exactly. that's going to be a big point of contention. And her biggest thing is that she wants Jewish grandkids who are going to call her Nana. Like, that's what she wants. She literally yeah. wants Jewish grandkids who are going to call her Nana <laughs> that she can go to their barn bat mitzvahs because, like, me and my brother called her mom Nana and, like, that's what she wants. And she, like, wants to celebrate Hanukkah with them and all that stuff. That's literally it. So don't ruin this for her, Jordan. Don't. Literally, it's about her. 
don't ruin this for. <laughs> it really is. It really, really is. That's why it, it seriously really is. is. Okay, would you rather have a really, really expensive vacation or a really expensive car? Uh, I mean, if it's only those choices. Or nice car. I Let's would... say nice. Let's say nice. Nice if or nice. Only, whatever, expensive, whatever. Only those choices, I would go at the vacation. Um, I, I, if all I had for transport was rollerblades, I'd be totally fine. Um, and either yeah. way, like, you mm-hmm. could put me in a shack on the beach, like a dirty shack, and I'd be totally fine. Excellent. Um, okay. I, we probably got to wrap this up. I mean, I'm not good at this at all, and I don't know how to end it because I still, this has just been a long, wonderful conversation. Um, okay, so tell me, you're on death row. It's your last meal. What are you going to eat? I need every detail. Oh, man. Okay, well, 100% there's going to be pizza. There's, like, absolutely going to be a lot of pizza there. Um, I'm also going to want General Tso's chicken. Um, I think I should clarify that in Boston we call it General Gao's chicken, but I only call it General Tso because everywhere else in the world calls it General Tso, and that's what people understand. But General Tso is actually General Gao in in Boston. No, no, General So is T-S-O, General Gao is G-A-U, and I don't know why they're confusing the general, but it's the exact same thing, and I don't know. (laughs) I feel like the generals would probably be upset if someone's getting mistaken. Yeah. Either way. I mean, really. Can you you imagine, like, these might have been two very powerful generals whenever they were generals, and (laughs) now we're mistaking them, and one of them is being, yeah. So in Boston, General So is really General Gao's chicken. Um, okay. So pizza, general gas chicken. I would probably have a lot of sushi, um, lobster. I would have uh, maybe throw some popcorn in there, like the movie theater popcorn, like the kind that you don't get anywhere because like there's way too many calories. Um, yeah. yeah, just like the the best popcorn ever. Um, and let's see what else. And what are you gonna drink? What? What are you going to drink? Uh, I'm going to have a doctor. Oh, I'm going to have cream soda. That's what I'm going to drink. <laughs> okay. That is literally okay. the best drink in the world. It is. Cream soda. Do you disagree? Like you, you could drink multiple cream. I mean, I think it's a lovely drink. I really do enjoy it. But I think it's... I. I would never go somewhere and order a cream soda or get a cream soda. I have a weird thing really? about drinking my calories. Uh, yeah, I'm real, real weird. No, I don't like drinking my calories. You're on death row. This has, calories are totally irrelevant. You're on death row. Yeah, but I still am who I am, and I won't. You would I not just, order. No. A, you would not be worrying about your calories on death row. Okay. Yeah, but I just I'm not. Uh, yeah, no, I'm not in love with it like you are. I would drink Diet Coke, but that's you would not because I enjoy that. I would. Getting I would Diet Coke on death row is the craziest thing I've ever heard in my life. <laughs> that makes well, no sense. The whole point too. of diet goes out the window. No. But I, 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 
I prefer the taste of that to regular. Do you realize I don't that like the way, comedy you know, skit in and of itself? That whole, literally, you're on death row. I'll take a Diet Coke. Like, that would be hilarious. A Diet Coke. <laughs> I'll take a Diet Coke, please. I'm yeah. trying to watch my calorie intake. Yeah. Like, are you out of your yeah. mind? That is ridiculous. <laughs> you're dying. That is, honest. I want to yeah, okay, make a Facebook post about this. That's, okay. I, I encourage you to do that. I still stand by my decision. I'm going to make an Instagram post about this. Guys, my friend Heather asked me on death row what would I drink, and she said that she would take a Diet Coke on death row. <laughs> Something's wrong with her. <laughs> okay, insane. okay. So you have your cream soda, you have your movie popcorn, you have lobster, you have sushi, you have pizza, General Sal's, what else? Well, if I'm following your lead, I'll also take a house salad with a dressing on the side and call it a day. <laughs> well, you're already fat, so I mean, just throw the dressing on. Why don't you? Okay, I'm gonna leave it there. That's a lot. Oh, dessert. Um, okay. I would have cheesecake and oh, ice cream cake with the Oreos on it. From where? What does that mean? From where? Like, when I think of that, I think of Baskin and Robbins, which is the most disgusting ice cream place ever. But maybe you know better ice cream places that have ice cream cakes. First of all, please don't insult Baskin and Robbins. <laughs> Second, and, and equally as important, there are many fantastic, like, ice cream places, ice cream cake places that are, like, like owned by people who are there. There's one own shop, and they make homemade ice cream cakes that are delicious. But back to my original point, Baskin and Robbins is also delicious. No, it's not. Maybe maybe just the ones I've been to. I think it's gross and sticky and I don't like it. Where do you live? Where do you I don't go? like the experience. I uh you know, we I actually have been really loving ice cream again and there is a marble slab right by my house. And usually Stephen will pick it up or go grab it. Like a lot of times Stephen will pick it up for me. But we went the other night. We went out to dinner and I'm like, I want ice cream. So we stopped to get some. That place is the most disgusting, sad, untaken care of place I've ever seen. It is disgusting. I want to call the I don't care. I mean, I still got my ice cream and I'll still be shopping there again for more ice cream. (laughs) But I just feel bad for the franchisor because if that was my name, I'd be so upset. It's a disgrace. But that sounds terrible. So, I will con- I will continue to go there, but I will continue to feel like they're not running their business well and shame on them. Shame they're just in a really good spot, that. so I think they're staying busy. But I really I don't understand why you don't run a business well with care. I don't understand that. Um, okay, do you have any questions for me? Any more questions for me? Um trying to think. Why didn't you contact me when you came Let to New ask. York? Because I didn't know you then. Well, that's a valid answer, but I'm still gonna talk like <laughs> I'm actually upset. <laughs> well we'll be we'll be coming to New York again this fall because New York is our happy place. So we'll be coming again for a little vacation 
this fall. So I'll, I'll definitely reach out to you when we're there. I'd love to meet Perfect. you. Perfect. And we can get together, and I'm going to say a Freudian slip to your husband. <laughs> Perfect. And I'll get you a nice stale piece of um, cake from Baskin Robbins. Okay, one last question for you. Was there anything about me that has surprised you in this conversation, like an, an assumption that you thought wasn't true? Or is there anything about me that has surprised you in our talk? Um, Am I who you see. thought I was? I am actually, I was, I'm still shocked. Two things have shocked me. First and foremost, I am shocked that you would order a Diet Coke on death row. I am like blown away (laughs) that that is actually a thing. Forever. Um, Okay. Second, I was surprised to hear that you get embarrassed uh, about everything. Everybody gets embarrassed, but I was surprised that like, everything embarrasses you. And I think that you are very well spoken and I think that you're, you come across very confident and I think you do a great job of motivating and inspiring people. And if it's true that you actually do get embarrassed very easily, you do a phenomenal job of overcoming it and doing what you want to do anyway. Well, thank you very, very, very much. And I I mean, I, that is exactly what it is. It's, I haven't stopped. It's not going to stop me from putting myself out there. I was very nervous. I was nervous to ask you to do this, number one. And then number two, actually pulling the trigger and doing it and making this phone call, I got very, very, very nervous and was, yeah. Well, so you weren't you nervous about telling so people to go say, I love pretend. Heather on my last post. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. <laughs> I That's literally I got people saying that, and I went and DM'd them. I was like, who is Heather? And they were like, <laughs> and they told me, I was like, what is going on? <laughs> That's, wonderful. That's wonderful. Forgot. I totally forgot about that. But after I did that, that was something I was like, when I get in a place where I'm, you know, doing really well and feeling really comfortable now on on this new anchor platform and then on Instagram stories or whatever, I get real brave and real comfortable. But as soon as I did that, I'm like, I'm so stupid. This is so embarrassing. What did I do? So, yeah, I forgot about that. But now I'm not embarrassed anymore because it's funny. But, yeah, see? Yeah. I, I decided to do it in a moment of confidence. And then after I did it, I'm like, oh, God, I'm so dumb. Nobody's going to do that. Nobody's, you know, I just. Yeah. Oh no! People so, did it, and I thought I was getting trolled. I thought I thought like it was like <laughs> some new trolling thing that I didn't understand, and uh, I literally DM someone. I was like, "Who the fuck is Heather?" <laughs> what and what did they say? They tagged you in the DM. They were like, "This Heather," and and I was like, "Okay, oh, like I think I'm she's trolling. great too." And she was like, "No, she told <laughs> us to do it on anchor." <laughs> Oh, I love people. I love people. So thanks thanks to all you anchor people who, who did that for me. Jordan, thank you so much for the best, easiest, longest conversation. I've, I always look at long podcasts, and I, I love listening to them. And I've always wanted to create one, and you made this so easy. And I still have a million questions that I want to ask you, so we'll have to do another one with um, different subjects, but just thank you so, so, so much. I am very happy and excited that we got to talk. I can't wait for the next one, and 
I will talk to you soon. I'm going to put on my Instagram story about the Diet Coke on death row, and we'll see what happens. <laughs> Excellent. Thank you. I'll share the link with you once I figure out how to do something with this. Perfect. Perfect. All right. Awesome. Thanks, have Jordan. A, have a wonderful day, all right? All right. Bye-bye. You too.